keeps good history A little touch of mystery With lots of hilarity It's Adelol Welcome to Adelol, the Heaps Good History podcast Where in each episode I tell a story to my friend Tom That's me About the state of South Australia and its past I'm a born and bred South Australian And Tom here moved here in 2003 at the age of 15 from the UK And he brings a touch of the Outsider's perspective da, da, da. Well done mate Sensational Excellent. How's things? Good. Yeah, good, mate. I'm in my my pajamas tonight. Hope you don't mind. No, no. Well, I was going to come in my pajamas. Yeah. Uh, but that that would have made him sticky. But so I didn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was so... going to, but I, I threw on some jeans at the last minute. Well, so. it's well, yeah. I figured you you you're too stylish a guy to to leave the house in pajamas. Yeah, really. you, actually, you took a big game, but really, you're like, actually, I can't do this. I know. I have never left the house in my pajamas, and I told Amanda, uh, my wife, I was going to leave laughed. the house, and she's like, no, you won't. And I'm like, no, I'm going to. And then, like, just as I was messaging you saying I'm leaving the house, I saw a pair of jeans sitting there and like no, I'll try I gotta put them on yeah I was I was kind of I was kind of hoping you'd rock up because you're a you're a Superman guy and I'm, tonight I'm I'm rocking the uh, the Batman pajama the Batman pajama yep. trousers mm-hmm. uh, so I was hoping you'd rock up in like Superman pajamas and it would just be like one of those moments where it was like oh I was actually gonna wear Marvel pajamas so like yeah. Iron Man yeah 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 we don't have Marvel in this house no no it's do I really nothing. I got it gifted to me but they're still cool pajamas. yeah it's like people think you like comic books so they're yeah. like oh I got I'm you like, these. no not those ones yeah not 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 that not not Spider Man. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Spider-Man. We've got nothing against Spider-Man, but... Not at all. My boy loves Spider-Man. Don't know what it is. Wears Spider-Man slippers every night. Yeah, so, right, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm more of a DC guy. Yeah, me too. Excellent. Okay. Beer of the episode. Beer what do we got episode. here, Tom? Um, we've got the Mismatch Brewing Company, Extra Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, brewed down at... Uh, Green Hill Road at Wayville. Oh, no way. That's yeah. heaps close. Oh, and they're on Twitter. I'm going to tag them in Twitter. We'll take a photo and tag them on Twitter right now. Yeah, and yep. their beers are really, really good. Um, I actually first discovered these guys because there's a little place. Um, I'm like a big hockey, ice hockey aficionado. As um, we know, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, I often go to watch the Adelaide Adrenaline, which is the Adelaide ice hockey team. If you didn't know we had an ice hockey team, we do. And um, there's a pub around the corner called The Wheat Chief. And right across the, the Wheat Sheaf doesn't serve food. So amazing beer, but no food. Right across the road from the Wheat Sheaf, there's a little place called The Deli. And they I've do amazing there. pizzas. My boss took me there. It's amazing. Yeah, really good pizzas. And they have a lot of the mismatched stuff on tap there. Like, oh, wow. So sometimes when I've been in there, get the, they have like a, a whole different range of beers that they have. On, they sometimes have a different one on tap. And um, I'd never had the extra pale ale, which is what we're having tonight. But okay. I saw it at, big shout out to another local... Um, uh, supplies business supplier, yep. um, which is the uh, the Thirsty Camel Bottle Shop on at the Avoca on on at Edwardstown, right, right near here, right near where I live. Because I went in there today and found out that they have a huge range of like South Australian like locally brewed. So they have a whole wall which is just locally brewed craft beer. That's amazing. I've never seen that in a Thirsty. And I camel. saw the mismatched stuff, and I was like, I've got to get some of that because it's like it's always good whenever I have it at the deli. Okay, so, if you want so this is the first time I've had it not on tap, but it's a extra pale ale, mm-hmm. um, and I'll give you the tasting notes. It's our XPA is a strong pale ale with the booze at a higher side for a pale ale. It's only 1.5 standard drinks, so it's not crazy. All right, I can drive. But lower end of an IPA. In our brewing mind, that is an ode to the English ESB, oh. but released in a US style with more booze and lots more hops. Excellent. Cool. Love so it. we're going to crack it yeah, and crack uh, it. have a little sampler. Well, let me grab the bottle opener. That is super nice. What do you reckon? Super nice. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because they're, they're local. I really like that one. Yeah, it's really good, huh? That's excellent. It's really good. For, it's never, never seen them, never heard of them, but 
I like the uh, I like the bottom too. It's like a really cool like shade of green. Yeah, it's nicer, nice colours. I'm a fan of a nice green. Doesn't mismatch at all. There we go. All right, let's hit it. Let's, let's pop, hit it, let's, boss. Let's, let's cast let's, it up. Talk long enough. Tom. Dan. This is the story of a convict-free state. Okay. Okay. Now, as we know, and as most people from South Australia will tell those from other states, uh, South Australia was founded by free settlers as a, quote, convict-free state. But was it really that way? Mm. That's what we're here to find out today. All right. We're going to talk about that. So today, you know how people go on Ancestry.com and they get a bit excited when you find out, you know, someone a few generations back was a crim who yeah. came over on My the My great-grandfather was a rapist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> he's he's yeah. doing hard time. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, but it wasn't always that way. People don't get, weren't as excited about it back when, you know. Who wouldn't be excited about rapist? finding out that your family member was a rapist? The fear of what was called the convict stain was actually really real. Like people didn't want to be, have any sort of relation. And convict stain is quite common with rapists as well. <laughs> yeah, we've already talked about that. Um, and, you know, people, and I guess in South Australia's case, the whole state wanted to avoid any criminal connection at all costs. Which is fascinating because I think like the truth is once you like get far enough away from a place, uh-huh. people have a very like narrow idea of what that place is about. Yeah. If you've ever watched the uh, Simpsons episode where they come to Australia and it's just like, yeah. it's just tired stereotypes. It, yeah. it, it's hilarious and oh. we all love it. <laughs> love we it. love it because we lo- embrace the tired stereotype. But it's yeah. kind of like if you're worried about having a good perception back in ye old England, mm. um, people already think it's an island full of convicts. Because as far as, you know, their only association when they hear the word Australia is that's where the convicts go. That's so if you're trying to say, oh, no, no, no there's a bit of Australia where, <laughs> where it's actually okay and there's no convicts, they're just going to be like, whatever, man, yeah, I don't that's care. It. Yeah. So, but we wanted that. We wanted, South Australia wanted to be the sort of shining light on a dark continent. Right. Um, so we wanted to be the supreme example. And this was to be built on Edward Wakefield's ideals of free settlement. Okay. Edward Wakefield. Heard the name? Wakefield. What have you heard about Wakefield? Um, well, obviously, Wakefield Street in the Wakefield city. Street, that's Wakefield the main Press, one. Wakefield Press, which is one of the big uh, publishing houses in South Australia. Uh-huh. Port Wakefield. Port Wakefield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wakefield Hospital, which I think comes from Wakefield Street, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, uh, Wakefield Council. Yep. So, yep. yeah, a whole range of Wakefields. And one time, I got, one time I got really drunk and I woke up in a field. <laughs> so that also, that also comes to mind. Wakefield. You... So we've all heard the name. Um, but Edward Wakefield, like I said, was one of the architects of a convict-free South Australia. He was born in London in 1796. Shine a shoe, I was just going to say, give us the accent, Tom, but you've already got it right Which there. Which part of London? Uh, Central. Uh, Central London, just like, talk like Cockney. He's just a Cockney geezer. He was, th- he, he was a proper geezer. He's like, look, we're going to go over there <laughs> and we're going to start... We're gonna, look, obviously a lot of people got negative associations with Australia, thinking it's just a place where we send what, you know, what people, what we don't want here no more. But what I'm saying is, we'll go over there, we'll get a little bit of it, and we'll basically, uh, we'll make it free for uh, for uh, non, uh, uh, non-scumbags. That's right, that's right. In 1816, Edward married Miss Eliza Pattle of Edinburgh. Edinburgh accent, Tom? Oh, Edinburgh. <laughs> I come from Edinburgh. She, on, Miss, Miss Eliza Patton of Edinburgh. She Pattle sa- of Edinburgh. She, she sounds like a beauty queen. Yeah, well, actually, she was a wealthy heiress. And Ooh. Edward, Re- Edward Wakefield... Oh, great, the good-looking. Edward Wakefield received a marriage settlement of £70,000. Settlement? So he actually got paid he got, to marry He her. got paid to marry her. Oh, brilliant. Dowry. Seven, Why isn't it like that anymore? $7 million in today's money. 
So she probably Crazy. wasn't good looking, so you had to pay someone that much. Oh, yeah, she was an absolute hog, but she was sitting <laughs> on a pile of cash. Uh, with, and, you know, he gained the prospect of more and more money as time went on. Brilliant. So Edward and Eliza had two children and then returned to London. But four days after the birth of their second child, Eliza died and the children were sent... Oh, no, I'm dead. (laughs) Don't say that once they die. Four days later, uh, so the children were sent to be brought up by their aunt Catherine and Edward became rich as fuck. Sent to be brought up in Australia? Uh, No, in London. Okay. So so Edward was a shitty dad because had the kids, wife died, he's like, I'm not doing doing this. I'm 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 not taking responsibility for this dead biddy. (laughs) So, Where's the money? Extremely wealthy, but still not satisfied. Wakefield wanted to acquire... They never are. No, Extremely never. wealthy people are never satisfied. He wanted to acquire an estate and enter parliament. But for oh. this, he, he needed even more capital. So I don't know Vote how much... Vote for me, my wife's dead. That, that, was, that was actually a slogan. Like before he before he got into the, um, the whole... Like before, he, before he got into the idea of taking on the establishment, trying to... Trying to battle the, um, the, the, you know, the concept of Australia mm. as, as like a hole to send convicts to. Trying to kind of reinvigorate and, and, yeah, yeah. and reimagine the the, the the state of South Australia. He obviously, you know, trying to get elected. He was just like, look, I'm going to go with the sympathy vote. Yeah, you and, and that was his slogan: just vote for me. My wife's dead. It's like that guy in uh, in the northern suburbs. Do you remember l- during the last state election? Go on. Um, oh, vote because I'm the black guy? Yeah, he was Sudanese, <laughs> and, he, yeah. and his slogan was vote for the black guy, which is brilliant. <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, I would have voted for him if I lived in that suburb. Yeah. But yeah, and people were upset about it. People were like, that's reverse racism. Nah, come on. Lay off him. Yeah. I'm voting for him, by the way. Good for you. Yeah, well, because you live in the northern suburbs. Well, not northern, northeast. We've, we've been through this, Tom. Yeah. Um, so he's wealthy, not satisfied, needs more capital. He figures... Well, look, last time I married a wealthy woman. She died. She married another one. She died, but I got a shitload of cash. Yep. Um, So I'll give that another crack. Makes sense. Makes sense. Genius. Genius. But he didn't quite get there. Okay. So he tries to marry another wealthy woman. Yeah, but this is how he goes about it. Probably the way he went about it is what... Is he marrying the second wealthy woman, hoping that she dies as well? I'd assume so, but... In eighteen, because once you've had, once you've married <laughs> twice and and they both died, it's like, is it's, it getting suspicious? It's looking. Sucked, it starts yeah. to look suspicious. Well, this looks suspicious from the start because in eighteen twenty six, he abducted fifteen year old Ellen Turner, a wealthy heiress, from after luring her from school with a false message about her mother's health. Great way to start a relationship. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, it's the vote for me. My wife's dead. Guy. Hey. Uh, <laughs> This <laughs> your mother's not looking too well. I should know because I've got a dead wife. I can spot. I can. I can. I can spot a woman who's uh, who's on the way out. And let me tell you right now, your mother does not look well. This campaign has taken a very strange turn for the worse. <laughs> so you better come with me. <laughs> so he took this fifteen-year-old girl to Calais, and they were hurriedly married, pursued yeah, by look, enraged uh, members of obviously, her family. Obviously, your mother's in London and in quite a bad state of health. Let's go in the other direction and let's go to Calais and uh, get on a boat. I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying it's uh, it's, a, it's it's a solid plan, but I'm just saying it's a plan. And you're 15; you're not going to know any different. <laughs> so they were pursued by enraged members and friends of. Uh, what the hell was that? That was I was just the. Uh, <laughs> that's just that, that was the enraged. That was the enraged family members. <laughs> we've, got, we've got sound effects now on this podcast. It's just like the advertisers heaps good history, but a much lower budget. Um, uh, so they were followed by the family, just like in Blues Brothers, and they. <laughs> they 
<laughs> they eventually caught him, and Edward Wakefield was brought to trial in 1827 and sentenced to three years in Newgate Prison. For abducting a child. For abducting He only got three <laughs> years in prison. He only got three prison. years, and I don't think... And that's crazy, because like, obviously in the 19th century, like the age of consent was like 10 yeah. or something horrible. Yeah. Something absolutely horrible like that. So it's like, he would have been in trouble for abducting her, not because she was 15. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Insane. So, I don't even think he served all that much time. I was trying to do her a favour. <laughs> After his release, he then attempted to overturn his father-in-law's will and get his hands on the remainder of his dead wife's he's money. He's a gold digger. I know. He's, he's, just, he's a straight up fucking gold digger. asshole. Yeah. Um, this did not work either, and it just tarnished his reputation in the UK. All no. right, look. Um, I'm still trying to get elected, but polls are not looking good <laughs> on account of the fact that Yes, I've got a... De- yes, people... Initially, I went for the sympathy vote. People were like, yeah, all right, we'll vote for him. He's got a dead wife. We feel sorry for him. Mm. Then I tried to uh, abduct and allegedly, um, <laughs> you know, run off with a... Allegedly, run off with a, uh, with a, with a teenage girl. And then I... Um, yeah, then I uh, tried to uh, embezzle money from my, fa- from my own father's will. So, admittedly, don't look <laughs> like a good bloke. But um, I've, turned, I've turned over a new leaf... Things are going to change. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> there were strong suspicions that he had resorted to forgery and perjury, although these, he was never tried for these. So, Let's prove it. But <laughs> he's still looking for power. This is his thing. And with his reputation ruined in the UK, in 1831... Fuck you, I'll start my own country. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically his, his outlook. Free from convicts, like yeah. myself. Free... <laughs> What we don't want in this new country is uh, criminals, people that have been to prison. Uh, but Mr. Wakefield, don't interrupt when I'm giving a speech. I'm on a roll. So he became involved in various schemes to promote the colonisation of South Australia. He set out to design a good colonisation scheme, one where... One no with convicts. A, one with a workable combination of... No, all right, here's the plan. No convicts, no Irish, um, no St. Bernard dogs. No, I'm no, willing. I'm willing to compromise on the Saint Bernard dogs. <laughs> no convicts. That's plural. You're allowed one. Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so he wanted to make you know provide us with a workable combination of labourers, artists, and capital, freedom of religion, and free from convicts like himself. Yeah. Well, we don't. Obviously, we don't want convicts. Um, plural. <laughs> One's acceptable. And what's that? What's Criminal record. Anyway. Um, go on. Uh, uh, Edward, uh, what was that last bit you said? Oh, look. Not not relevant. <laughs> It took several attempts to get the South Australia colony going, and although initially Edward Wakefield was a driving force, he found that as it came closer to a reality, um, he was allowed less influence. Okay, so basically we're like, that's a great idea, but we don't want you to be the one yeah. bringing it in. He's like, like, we like your idea. He, he, he's like, I'm an ideas man, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good on the details. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. Eventually he was frozen out completely. Probably because he was like a dick of a person that had yeah. abducted children and was a convict himself, uh, to which he took offence and severed his connections with South Australia and moved on to New Zealand and Canada. Okay. So, but there's still all this stuff named after him, so yes, that's oh, how, yeah. how it is. So, After Wakefield left, there was, a plan to popul- there was a plan to populate SA with convicts, which caused huge uproar between, uh, among South Australia's early settlers. In a memorial drafted in February 1845, South Aussie settlers made it quite clear that they wouldn't tolerate any plans to relocate prisoners from England's prisons. We hated the guy and we don't <laughs> want him running anything 
but we do agree with him about the no convicts and the no Irish. Yeah, he was an Saint Bernard dogs. We love, we love Saint Bernard dogs, but the no Irish thing, we're we're set on that, and also no convicts. That's what they named the road after in McGill, Saint Bernard's Road. Oh, there there you go, mate. I thought you were going to say no Irish street. It's like, there's got to be a no Irish street in <laughs> Wakefield in Street. No, no, no. St. Bernard's Road. Call yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah. We hated that yeah. guy. The letter addressed to Lord Stanley outlined the early colonists' fears that the introduction of convicts to SA... Is the same Lord Stanley that has the cup? Uh, <laughs> uh, <go> on. <laughs> ...would undermine all the hard work that they've come to achieve. We emigrated to the province of South Australia and have endured hardships, difficulties, and spent years of labour... We have fixed a considerable amount of capital in the said province with a view of not only eventual profitable returns, but found to be a virtuous, happy, and permanent land. So, And we don't want crim cunts messing it up. That's exactly what they're yeah. saying. Did they think they were better, a better breed of settler? Look, it's Absolutely. not that I think I'm better than you, but I am. And uh, don't come here and uh, steal my job, you convict fucker. Yeah, and that's basically what the letter says. We, we free from the impugnation of crime of, as their countrymen in England. They, this old English is so hard to read, that they sought this colony on account of its guaranteed exemption from convictism and in the belief that the name of their adopted country would be as free from the taint as the land of their birth. So that convict taint and that convict stain is really, they don't want it. Again, with the convict stain. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So the letter's authors even went as far as to threaten open resistance if they were going to send... What are they going to resist? I don't know. Them? I don't know. We, uh, <laughs> we won't hang out in our uh, colony where there's nothing to do and uh, nobody and one brewery and, uh, <laughs> and everyone's called either Anne or William. Uh, we will stand up and um, move into state where there's convicts already. The letter received 1,675 signatures and whether this letter was... Which is, which is only like 1,675 1, and like... The, the population of Adelaide today is only 1,677. <laughs> so, like, you know, crazy numbers for yeah, those days. Yeah, yeah. huge polling efforts yeah, by yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah. Oh, we need them on the election yeah. campaign. Um, whether the letter was successful or not, we don't know, but no prisoners were ever transported to the new colony of South Australia. And damn straight. Yeah, damn straight. Oh, except for David Hicks. <laughs> That's one convict that was you transported. You oldie There was one convict that was transported back, <laughs> we brought to, him the, back here. to the we, state of South Australia. We paid to bring him back to the state of South Australia. And money well spent. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is not to say, however, that South Australia's history, South Australia's history is entirely convict-free. Excellent. This is where it gets good, right? This is where it gets good. Oh, yeah. So with 162,000 prisoners being sent to Australia between 1788 and 1868... Some were bound to end up here, sneaking one over way the border. Or another. Yeah, and and that's the thing as well. Like it's it's really amazing because, like, you would assume that if someone's a uh, dirty criminal piece of shit, they would you know when they come to a new part of the world, they're going to turn over a new leaf. You would assume that. You would assume but, that. But incredibly, <laughs> inc- incredible. Some of them uh, didn't at all. Crims be crims, and they actually hooked up with some some guys weren't criminals at all. They were yeah. free settlers, and it's like, oh, this gang knows what's going on. They, yeah. Let's hang out with them. It, it was almost like you know, let's let's just now that we now that there's like you know, uh, there's loads of us and hardly any police officers or <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or you know, prison guards because it is just one giant island prison. <laughs> let's, let's just go for a walk. Let's just have fun. So the main crim hangout, the main ganglands was Melbourne. <laughs> oh, so in South Australia it was no. 
Kangaroo Island. Oh, yep, yep. For, from the early 1800s, KI was... Hoppers, be, was, that's was, what they used to call themselves. <laughs> people, that, people that hung around and they, they were the... Uh, it's, the it's, like, it's like gangs in New York, but it's gangs of Kangaroo Island. Yeah, KI. And um, uh, this is a great concept for a movie, by the way. It's oh, sorry. G- gangs I'm, gonna, I'm already Island. figuring out the KI sign. Yeah, the like, KI the gang sign <laughs> the with my KI fingers. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, yeah, uh, the gangs of Kangaroo Island, and uh, the Hoppers was one of the big gangs. Um, obviously, a reference to the fact that um, yeah. there's a lot of kangaroos. The Hoppers, the pouches, the pouches, pouches was another one. Another one. Yeah. Um, and um, the Joey Boys was. Yeah, oh, the um, Joey Boys. And every single guy in the gang was named Joey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and don't forget the other gang that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, were good. Yeah. The hay skips. <laughs> the foot nailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Era gang. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, Kangaroo Island was being used as a base for wild gangs of whalers and sealers, and their ranks included a number of escaped convicts seeking to get as far away from the authorities as, as possible. Yeah. Now, Kangaroo Island was just basically... Anarchy. It was hell. Awesome. It, it was hell for leather. It was it was live at the zoo. It was live at the <laughs> it zoo. It was live at the zoo. But an, but on an island for like five years. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they called it Kangaroo Island because it was such a zoo. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing. Uh, uh, historian Susan Marsden, in her short history of Kangaroo Island, said Susie. that classic zoo. In this early settlement, featured f- few of the egalitarian ideals that would eventually come to define South Australia. Lol. <laughs> They brought with them Tasmanian Aboriginal women and abducted other women from the Murray Mouth Encounter Bay tribes, and some of the men were notorious for their crimes and cruelties. So they'd get onto the mainland. Brutality. Yeah, I know. They'd just get onto the mainland, nick people, take them back to KI's like, you're our slaves now, join the gang. And it's, yeah, and it's, you know, it's anarchy over on KI, so they, they do what they want. That's it. That's it. So... Uh, some described Kangaroo Island at the time as the most vicious place in the British Empire. Amazing. With early islanders. How, for how long? How how long was it kind of described in those terms? Uh, 2006. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's now Cooper Pedy. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Stepping okay. up, stepping up, Cooper Pedy. <laughs> Great pizza in Cooper Pedy. There's really? like one really good pizza shop in Cooper Pedy. Let's, it's like let's outstanding. tweet them. Okay, we'll tweet them. So yeah. you get a mention on the Well, we should do a Cooper Pedy episode because there's some pretty... Well, one thing on my bucket list is to go play golf at the Cooper Pedy golf course. Have you never been... Have you you've been to Cooper Pedy? No, never. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. We are going to we're going to drive to... We're going to do a uh, Adelaide road trip. We're going to drive to Cooper Pedy and we're going to... Because the, the history of the, the place is like fascinating. Really? Can we stay in one of those underground bikes? Yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, we can. And did you know the movie... Um, oh, my God, it had Vin Diesel in it. Um, it was a terrible movie. Triple X? People are like screaming it at their... People that listen to this are now screaming screaming at their... Uh, I have no idea. Their phones or their uh, <laughs> their, their radios. Oh my gosh! Chronicles of Riddick. Yep, I know because I, I never saw the movie, but I've heard of it. The movie Chronicles of Riddick was filmed in Cooper Pedy, right, and there's, there's a whole bunch of props mm. from the movie that are just like left in the street, That's like left, abandoned in the middle of the town. Oh, this is good. We're gonna yeah. do a road trip. Yeah, there's like a like a like a basically like a spaceship, which was like a crash landed spaceship yeah. or whatever that they filmed. For one of the scenes, and um, it's like a full prop spaceship that's been like built and then just like left in the town because like it was too much to get rid- like, to, ah, to dispose of it. Basically, now it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, pretty much slash death trap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pizza. Um, uh, the early uh, people describe the early islanders, kangaroo islanders, as complete savages living in bark huts, clothed in kangaroo skins, and smelling like foxes. <laughs> it's a strange thing, isn't that? And that that's that's brilliant. That sounds like. An incredible life. Yeah. 
That's the kangaroo skins is there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's their tribe. You know? Oh, yeah, big time. Big yeah, time. big time. Kangaroo Island's George Bates, a sealer. Um, often, often referred to as like his like master. Was People <laughs> referred to him as the master. <laughs> he was a well-known kidnapper of Aboriginal women. And he actually... Now, like I, I feel said, bad because I made a... <laughs> He I made a wanking joke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He wasn't an escaped convict, um, but many of the island associates were, and he saw what was going on around him. He's like, well, if it's good enough for them. I know, when in Rome. Yeah, when in Rome. When yeah. in Rome. When in Kangaroo Island. When in KI. Yep. All right. Are we going to do a KI? So that ferry is really expensive. I don't think we can afford that. I've never been to Kangaroo Island. Really? I've never been to Kangaroo Island, and you've never been to Kupiti. So there there you go. Go. that's two episodes there. Excellent. Um, we'd like to thank the South Australia Tourism Commission for <laughs> and Sea Link for supporting our trip to Kangaroo Island. I'm going to tweet them. We'll a big time, big time. Oh, hey. A report by Mayor Lockyer in 1827 about Kangaroo Island was equally damning. Filthhole. He wrote, The lawless manner in which these sealing gangs are ranging about requires... The sealing gangs? Sealing gangs. <laughs> they the, the roofers. The, yeah, they, they were just big fans of Lionel Richie. Walking on the ceiling. They referred to themselves as the ceiling gangs, but it was just like all they did was play walk on the ceiling like, over and over and over. So, this has to fucking stop. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah. It's just play a different song. Put a different track on. He hadn't seen the film clip though. It's a really good film. Oh, it's it's yeah, for the and for the for the era as well. So well done. This requires some immediate measure to control them. From what I have learnt and witnessed, they are a complete set of pirates going from island to island and along the southern coast, making occasional descents on the mainland and carrying off by force females. The great scene of villainy at Kangaroo Island, where many of them are runaways from Sydney and Van Diemen's Land. Of course it's Sydney. Coming here, stealing stealing the women and just Uh jumping over the islands and taking liberties. Yeah, so... Kangaroo Island's fucked. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, this is getting out of hand. It's all downhill from here. And they're coming onto the mainland and taking women away and just, oh, you know... It, unacceptable behaviour. It's growing. Convict filth. The KI, KI gangs are growing. So yep. Gangs like, of Kangaroo Island. They're like, we need to stop this. So they, South Australia went Take to down. really great lengths to stay away from that convict stain. They drew, <laughs> drew up laws to allow allowed the arrest of any former convict whose Ooh. sentence had expired in the last three so years. So they just, like, they go straight for the stigma. Rather yeah. than being like, let's target people that are, like, clearly breaking the law in the here and now, we'll just assume that anyone that's a former convict must be involved, which, you know, obviously, like, there's some carryover. I was five minutes ago saying these filth, filthy <laughs> yeah, comic yeah. scum are going to wander across the border and break the law here. But there's also, like, plenty of people involved in this stuff that's... They're, they're not convicts they're at all. Yeah. They, they stole a hat in the UK. They've been shipped over here for three years. And Loaf of bread now. and you just, yeah. That's well, it. Yeah. So, I've read Great Expectations. So, yeah, those who well and truly paid their debt to society weren't welcome in South Australia. Pip, and I've dis- come back to save you, Pip, and give you the money. I'm your benefactor. And the discrimination didn't end there. Former convicts were treated... Hang much- on, there was discrimination in Australia? <laughs> no, 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 hang on. What? Hold up. What? what? Well, you're, you're new to this country. It's a proud tradition of ours. Oh, okay. The discrimination didn't end there. Former convicts were treated much more harshly by the Good. law. <laughs> They're non-convict comparisons. In many circumstances, the convicts... What have you done? What have you ever done? I, uh, I uh, abducted a 15-year-old girl and tried to take her to Calais. Oh, that's not a real crime. What have you done, lad? Jaywalking. I, I, st- I stole a loaf of bread. Right. You're in real trouble, you little cunt. 
um, so the punishment was very disproportionate, as you just outlined, to the crime or evidence against them. Seven of the first eight Europeans hanged in South Australia were either escaped Caught convicts... cutting their toenails on a Sunday. <laughs> one of those weird laws. Yeah. Uh, were either escaped convicts or former convicts. I wonder if SA has any of those weird laws that we should look into. Like, you we know should. how you hear about... The law's like, oh, in Idaho, it's illegal to ride a horse while wearing a blue hat on a Tuesday. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, those yeah, kinds yeah, of things. I wonder yeah, if we yeah, have yeah. anything that's just never got around to being changed. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, okay. Despite the open hostility in South Australia, some convicts, both escaped... Appropriate and, open hostility. <laughs> both escaped and free did settle in SA. Although many were forced to live life on the land. The Crafers on re- the lamb, yeah, on the lamb, just delicious like eateries. <laughs> yeah, they just they had to they, they had to get around it, but they had to ride a lamb. They weren't allowed to have a horse they, because one of those weird laws. It was illegal to wear. It was illegal to ride a horse on a Tuesday wearing a blue hat, and he only had a blue hat, so he's like, I've got to fucking ride a lamb. It's my only choice. Right, you're nicked. Quick, lads, let's get away. <laughs> Life on the lamb. Yeah, um, feeling a bit sheepish the, after that joke. The Crafers. The Crafers region was a known haunt for runaway runaway convicts, which I think we covered in the um, Handorf episode. Yeah, where the women had to walk through Crafers. Yeah, like, Crafers was dodgy, and, was and and to be fair, Crafers is is like it's it's <laughs> yeah, wouldn't want to live there. No, it's it's like it's really gone downhill since then. <laughs> well, that's how you get to the city. Go downhill. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, in 1840, Governor George Gawler wrote that. A police force is absolutely necessary in a state in which natives, bush, bush rangers, a large body of escaped convicts and whaling sailors are to be kept under control. I would have thought a police force is absolutely necessary would have been the end of the sentence. Yeah, no, he... He, like, he, 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 he goes in to provide clarification, but it's like, well, like, mate, people are going to break the law. Like, that's just a reality. Just this Why didn't last you Tuesday, already have a police force? Just this last Tuesday, I saw a man on a horse wearing, wearing a, a blue hat. Wearing a blue hat. That, wasn't even that, on the land. that fucking bastard. He must be from New South Wales. He <laughs> so, must be a convict that's come across the border. You wouldn't have anyone over here doing that sort of shit. That's why they're called the Blues in New South Wales, because of the hats. Oh, because, yeah, because yep. they wore hats on Tuesdays, rode that's over the border. Yep. Makes sense. Makes Rugby. sense. Scum. Uh, Scum. So that's what we did. South Australia decides it must get super tough on convicts because a few kept slipping in. And I, to be fair, I don't think we've gone far enough. That's it. So the government advised that a position was to be created for a superintendent of convicts with the wage to be 200 pounds per year. And let me guess, Wakefield got the job. <laughs> Hello, my name's Gerald Makefield. Uh, any any uh, any history of crimes yourself, Mr. Wakefield? Nah. Oh. What? Uh, Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, uh, once I uh, abducted a 15-year-old girl and tried to get her to go to Calais with me, but uh, yeah. what was that? Nothing, yeah, no, bit, n- nothing that would be worth investigating. Never worn a blue hat on a Tuesday, have you? <laughs> um, not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Shortly after this was announced, a man named Frederick Waller came into the sheriff's office and asked details on the new position available. The man was interviewed by the sheriff and went into many details of prison management procedures. The sheriff was very impressed by the man's jail knowledge, and in 1853... Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. on I think you get where this is going, but just wait. He's like, "Uh, I've got extensive knowledge of jails and how they operate. Uh, How did you obtain this knowledge? I just read a couple of books. 
I have. I, I look. I, I won't. I won't lie to you. Back in the back in England, I had a, a library card, and uh, I would read anything and everything. Sometimes books on prison architecture <laughs> was what I would just f- thumb through on a, of a Friday night. Um, certainly, no other reason why I would have <laughs> extensive knowledge of prison uh, procedures. Uh, I certainly didn't go to a prison at any point. In 1853, Frederick Waller was appointed superintendent of convicts at Adelaide Jail in 1853. I already said the year. Now, as the new superintendent of convicts, Frederick Waller reportedly took his duties very seriously. Beat them. <laughs> Marching. Hit them with a stick. Take the lambs away from them. Heat up a stick, put it, put it on the soles of their feet, and uh, force them to eat rotten food. Marching in and out of the jail and lockups with the air of an army major. Oh, it, see, it's a sexual fetish thing for him. Obviously, Maybe. he's like, I'm in uniform, boys. Blue hat. Blue hat on a Tuesday. Get down on your knees. You're the horse. <laughs> Get orders. That's where the phrase "hung" comes from. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, giving orders and listening to prisoner complaints, inspecting the jail, and doing other duties. Tough but fair with an extensive knowledge... Other duties. ...of the prison system. By all accounts... Extensive knowledge of the prison system. By all accounts, he was perfect for the physician. Because he'd been a a convict before, hadn't he? See, like, it's so fucking transparent. He was perfect for the position of superintendent of convicts. We've we've spoiled the kicker, but here and we go. And this is amazing, though, because it's like, know, it's it like must have been a, it must have been a power trip. Yeah. It must have just been yeah. like, well, the screws used to mess with me when I was in prison, so now I'm the daddy. <laughs> it's 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 on it's like Ray Winston in the movie Scum, it's but he's living time. he's living that like, yeah, day to day. That's right. The very first superintendent of convicts was a convict, and I just find that hilarious. Like because in that days there was probably no checking. There was just like, no, oh, no, no. you know yeah. a lot about prisons. It's like, sorry, you got to wait two weeks for a background <laughs> track. It's like, no, nah, no. Nah. Look, he he seems to know a lot. He must he must have worked as a he must have worked in a prison. It worked, worked in a prison. It's like, well, he was in a prison. <laughs> he's like as I to what, said, as to what he was doing there. We're I not going to go into that. I never said I I, I said I worked. I said I worked. I said I spent a lot of time in mainly prisons. cracking a lot of rocks. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had I, what I said in the interview uh, actually was that I had spent significant amounts of time in and around prisons. <laughs> I didn't go into specifics. Didn't lie. Uh, no one asked me. Didn't lie. But yes, it is true that I try. I, I um, abducted a fifteen-year-old girl and tried to get, <laughs> try to take her to Calais with me uh, in 1863. Whilst wearing a blue hat. On a Whilst Tuesday. wearing a blue hat on a Tuesday and riding her like a horse. <laughs> However, Frederick's time in jail at the jail did not last long. Frederick left South Australia very promptly one day with 450 pounds of state government money after he. Because wrecked- he did. After he recognised some of the new prisoners in his jail. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Steve, Derry, what are you doing here? Oh, shit. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'll be back in a second. Comes back with like a fake moustache. Hang on. We, we still know it's you. <laughs> no, no, boys. I'm, uh, I'm uh, Sir Superintendent. Uh, Sir Superintendent to you. Um, this fake... Ignore the moustache. <laughs> Um, I, um, uh, uh, get, get back in yourself. Get back in yourself. <laughs> Frederick had run into these prisoners before, and they, he feared that they, he, that they would reveal his true identity, that he himself was an escaped convict from Van Diemen's Land. <sighs> of course he was. So, what a story that is in itself. Um, Amazing. First superintendent of convicts was a convict. So, was South Australia convict free? Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not, No. But like many other things in South Australia, we tried, 
we failed and we told everyone that we succeeded. Yeah, so we, we, now we just kind of play the whole we're not a convict state. <laughs> yeah. We were then a state that wasn't convict founded, but it's like, well... So from Edward Wakefield, the convict who drove the ideals of our convict free state, to the gangs of KI, the pouches, the hoppers, the nailers, the... <laughs> to the to the Crafer rollers, uh, to the very first superintendent of convicts hired for his extensive knowledge of convict management purely because he was he, a he'd, oh, he'd been a convict, yeah. We can claim it all we want, but we truly have the convict stain. Sensational. No. And Tom, that's the story of the not-so-convict-free South Australia. And uh, you know what? If you are... because Well, I was going to say, we have plenty of... <laughs> Good people that just like listeners in Yatler. Um, don't send us a message for a convict. I don't want to know. But um, if you have an interesting bit of convict history in your oh, family, like yeah. one of my other mates who's also called Dan. Here we go. It was the guy I played yeah, in the yeah, band yeah. with. Um, he, we got to yeah. get him on. He seems like Forrest Gump. We got to get him and my mate Matt on. <coughs> yeah, always running. Into um, but his his history. family history is yeah. His family came I think to uh, to they came to Australia, but weren't initially in South Australia, but yeah. then later came to South Australia. But their history was that one of their ancestors had burnt down a hotel. Oh, there we go. So the burning arms, they call that hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, yeah, they burnt down a hotel in the UK and were forced to come over here. So um, if you have, like, an interesting bit of convict history in your mm-hmm. family... Um, Send us a message on the uh, on, on on the Adelol Facebook page or on the Twitter on the Twitter, which is Adelol Podcast, or yeah. you can shoot an email at Podcast at gmail and tell us us tell us a bit tell us us tell us a bit about it because I reckon that'd be uh, that'd be worth definitely that would be worth discussing yeah the, the convict history of the listeners that'd be yeah. fun, a bit yeah, fun. we need to do a listeners writing episode I think oh that's a great idea Just like prisoners they write into us even we could treat uh, even um, even if we do like sort of you know. Um, just like a, an episode where we just go through and just tell like awesome, funny local Adelaide yeah, related oh. stories that just listeners have yeah, sent the in. The listeners episode. Okay, yeah. we're going we're gonna to start this now. We'll start the drive over the next few episodes. The listeners episode. Yep. We want your stories uh, by, say, episode 15 or, or whatever. Yep. And yep. We'll, we want your stories, just little tidbits of South Australia stories that we all have, yep. uh, just to you know break the ice and show what South Australia has to offer, or also maybe show how small South Australia is. Yep. I'll tell you one story very quickly. Yeah, go on. Good mate of mine, uh, the same guy. Doesn't was, He doesn't have any mates. Same guy who was uh, in the bar uh, for Live at the Zoo and te- worked with Terry Hicks and the, Mr. The, Forrest Gump. The Forrest Gump of Adelaide, um, yep. He broke up with a long-term girlfriend. Um, at the same time, um, his next girlfriend had just broken up with her long-term partner. Turns out the couples had just switched partners. Unknowingly, like this is how small Adelaide that's, is. That's typically. He was going yeah, through yeah. his new um, uh, girlfriend's Facebook page or whatever. He's like, "Oh wait, how do underwear you, drawer? How do you how do you know this person? Because in Adelaide, everyone knows everyone. Yeah, yeah. she's like, like that's oh, my that's, that's yeah. my ex boyfriend. He's like, "Oh, well, he's you know, going out with my ex girlfriend." So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's, um, they basically swap partners, yeah, but right. but not even deliberately. Yeah, not even deliberately. Not even in like a hilarious like let's swap partners because yeah, it's you like because it's yeah because it's a you know Tuesday night and we're not allowed to wear blue hats and ride horses, so we'll go and do some dogging in a car park. In, uh, you the British know. love that word, and I don't know what it means, but I think I know what it means. There's those two what do you think dogging means? Dogging means like having sex with like strangers. Is that right? It's basically like swinging, but you're doing it in public with people oh. you've never met before. Yeah. Why is it called dogging? I don't know. It's just a name. Because dogs do it in public? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I-, I think it's more that like, 
Well, there's a really funny, like, Peter Kay sketch in uh, There's a Peter Kay TV show uh, called um, Car Share. Okay. Where um, it's ba- the premise of the show is Peter Kay is this guy who works in a supermarket and um, he everyone in the in the company gets assigned a person that they have to car share with to mm-hmm. try and save the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. company money. And he gets assigned this, this lady that they kind of then sort of fall in love as like part of the story. And, um, and she's like, oh, I went dogging on the weekend. And he's like... What? Like, what are you doing? And she thinks dogging is like when you take your dog for a walk. Okay. But he's like, that's <laughs> not what that's not that's, that's not what dogging is. And um, so they pull over and ask like a random guy who's walking a dog, like, do you do a bit of dogging? And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, you know. And he's talking about his dog. And then um, and then uh, they're like, well, yeah, well, he 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 thinks dogging's disgusting. And he's like, well, he's obviously never fucked in front of a crowd. Oh, <laughs> and like, it's like the whole like joke is that yeah, like he yeah. was actually talking about. Um, anyway, hilarious. My point is though, I think that might actually be like the origin story for dogging. It's like, it's like people would be like, I'm taking, I'm going out dogging and it's like, you're taking the dog for a walk, but really you're going out to, uh, do with the, do with the business. Disgusting. Um, or each to their own, I should say. Well, yeah, it is disgusting because you're breaking the law. Well, we don't want any of those convicts here. Just when you're doing it, don't wear a blue hat. Can Can you imagine, can you imagine if like, uh, Britain retained retained right of passage for like convicts, but like only for very specific crimes. And dogging was one of those crimes. <laughs> it was like they can still send people to South Australia, or they can sorry they can still not South Australia because we, we don't have any convicts. Yeah, we, but they can they, they can still send people to Australia for like just um, appalling crimes, but it has to be like very specific crimes. <laughs> so it's like because it's flipped the other way now and everyone in the UK wants to move to Australia because yeah, it's yeah. like we have great weather and like yeah. a decent, you know, a functional economy <laughs> and like, you know, we haven't just left Europe in the world's stupidest yeah. decision. Um, it's like everyone's just like having sex in public because they want to get like, they, they want to <laughs> get like uh, sent over to Australia and forced to live here in our beautiful weather. It'd be hard though because, you know, basically in UK you only get three days where you can actually go outside and do it. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, well, that's very, true. that's very true. That's so very anyway, uh, story of Convict Free South Australia. Yep. Mismatch uh, Extra Palau. Fantastic. I loved it. Made me burp a bit. but um, Yeah, a bit, bit, bit gassy, bit but, gassy uh, but solid. I really liked it. We need to try more from them. So thank you to them. All right, more beers coming from the Mismatch Brewery Co. And we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, and send, uh, send in your stories, Adelol Podcast. No matter how short, no matter how sweet, no matter how funny or disgusting, Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Or chuck them on the Facebook or go on the Twitter. And you know what? You're going to hear now the first of our uh, new outro jingle. <gasps> we hope you all had a lol at Adelol. You're in real trouble, you little cunt.